Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message, and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. We've been in a series called The Invitation, Accepting God's Call to Ride for Him. And so the, the last week that we talked about this, uh, I, I kind of used an example of if you've ever gotten invited to do something that you've dreamt of doing, it, it just, it's just so fulfilling, right? I mean, you got this invite maybe to play on a team. Uh, it was your dream team, you know? I mean, you got to go play, you know, for college, or you got to play for a summer league or whatever, and you got to play on that team, and you were invited to do that. Or maybe one of your friends, you know, landed tickets to what they call a, a football game. Anybody with me? <laughs> a football game or a basketball game, and they landed tickets and they invited you um, as a last resort. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They invited you to go with them to that, that game. I mean, and, and just the, the joy of being invited to go uh, to that game. The other thing is maybe you're a hunter, and maybe you, know, you got invited to go on the hunt of a lifetime and shot a rare animal and just got to enjoy that. Well, here's the thing. For a working cowboy like myself or for a cowboy in general, um, it's getting invited to maybe go day work at a great ranch with some great cowboys and get to ride uh, you know, with some uh, great outfits and, and, and just be able to experience the invite to be able to go and take part in those experiences. Well, it's, just get, you know, it's cool just to get invited, but here's the fact. For us to truly enjoy an experience of being invited, guess what? We have to accept the invitation. Are you with me? If you are invited to do something really cool and you don't accept the invitation, then you're really, I mean, the joy of being invited isn't really going to last. But the experience of getting to go and do what you've been invited to do is really the true blessing, right? Spiritually speaking, God extended an invitation for you to ride with him he's extended an invitation for you to know him personally and that last uh, the last time we uh, had church we talked about two truths that we must understand if we're going to ride with christ ourselves and if we're going to invite others to ride with him as well number one was this everyone's invited to ride with christ everyone i don't know yeah does that make you happy <laughs> because here's the thing there are things that we get to go to that are invitation only right i don't know if you've uh, been to a basketball game but there's a thing called the clubhouse you know you go to a football game and there's a thing called the clubhouse well guess what you have to be invited to go to the clubhouse right i mean that's an invitation only kind of deal you got to pay you know good money for that well here's the cool thing about christ everybody's invited everybody's invited. You don't have to have, you know, that club pass to be invited. He says, I sent my son to provide a way so that you could have an invitation to get to heaven. Amen. And guess what? John three sixteen says this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him might not ha- might not perish, but have eternal life. You know what the, you know who the whosoever includes? Everybody. It includes everybody. And so everyone is invited to know Jesus. Everyone is invited to, to experience his forgiveness and experience him and ride for his crew. But here's the thing. We must accept his invitation. 
Are you with me? I mean, think about it. We must accept his invitation. That was number two. Just like if I get invited to go ride for a great ranch or get to go hang out with some great cowboys, and, 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 and I have to actually accept that invitation. I have to clear my calendar or, or make sure that I'm available for that. Listen, Jesus says, hey, guess what? You've been invited, but you have to accept my invitation. I mean, think about it. You think, you know, I, you know, if God really loved us, why didn't he just make us love him? Well, that's not love, right? I mean, he gives us a choice. He says, if you want to, you know, experience me, then you're going to have to choose to accept me. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to force you. I want you to choose to love me. And so we must all accept his invitation. But here's the sad truth. Although Christ has invited everybody, guess what? Not everybody accepts his invitation. You say, well, why? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they accept his invitation? Well, here's the thing. Many people decline his invitation because guess what? They have other things to do, right? They have other priorities. They say, you know, I got to live my life to the fullest. I don't want to get religious, you know, until I've lived my life, you know, or they say, you know, I don't need that religious stuff. I don't need Christ in my life. I mean, I got, I mean, I got a mind, I got a brain and their pride keeps them from accepting Christ's invitation, well, here's the thing. As, as followers of Jesus Christ, it ought to break our hearts that people do not know Jesus. I don't know if it does you, but it does me. When people, I share with them the invitation to know Christ, and I, I share with them the love and the forgiveness that he has shown me, and they say, I'm going to pass, it, it breaks my heart. And it should break all of our hearts. And so here's the question that, that I want us to answer. Are we inviting others to know Jesus? Here's the thing. At, at Thousand Hills, we're all about sharing Christ's invitation. Um, some of you guys uh, got some cards today as you walked in. Hopefully all of you did. Would you pull those out? Grab these cards real quick. Yeah, hopefully you got these when you walked in. But here's the thing. At, at, at Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we're all about sharing the invitation that Christ has invited us to know him. And so we ride by a code. And it's a biblical values that we ride by for fulfilling our purpose in Christ. And one of those is we ride for the unchurched. In other words, we ride for those who have yet to receive Christ and yet to come to know him. But, but here's what I've learned about our world. Not everybody knows that they've been invited to know Christ. Not, not, not everybody knows that. And, and so here's our commitment at Thousand Hills. We're going to change that. Amen? We're going to make sure that everybody in Northwest Oklahoma, everybody that listened to us online, they know that they've been invited to know Christ. And so one of the ways that we're going to do that is we're going to give you these cards. You can obviously look on the backside of that card, and on the backside it says, Join me. Join me at Thousand Hills Ranch Church. And you're going to have an opportunity to use this card to invite people to church. Now, I want, I want to uh, kind of preface some things and maybe, you know, tell you a, a few things that I want you to know. These, you know, putting these on the, every window in the Walmart parking lot is not a good idea, okay? I mean, you think, well, I'm just going to witness to everybody. I'm going to share, I'm going to ask them to join me. Well, usually what that happens is this ends up in the parking lot. And it ends up on the ground and it ends up in the fence and the neighbor's yard and it blows all the way to, you know, Ramirez and Big Dan's and all those places and it doesn't ever get anywhere. And so here's my, here's what I would ask you to do. Be intentional. Ask God, say, hey God, who, who is it that you want to put in my path today so that I can see them through your eyes and I can invite them to not only come to church, but to know you. 
to know you personally. Um, maybe you're a single man or maybe you're a single woman and uh, you use this card to get a date. You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously, you see that good looking waitress, you know, and you're like, hey, join me at church. It'll be our first date. Is anybody, all you single guys, that's why you're single, dude. Because you don't, I mean, seriously, because you think that's stupid, but you got to try something. I'm serious. Maybe you just need to put your name and number there and be like, hey, you know, thanks for the good food. Come join us at church, you know, whatever. But here's the other side of it. Maybe you know somebody uh, that you work with. And you've built a relationship with it with them, or you've come to know them, or maybe you've just met them a few times at the gym or whatever it is. Listen, maybe you want to write your name on this card, write your phone number on this card, and 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 you know, and say to them, "Hey, I want to invite you to our our awesome church. And when when you get there, or when you know you're coming, text me, because I'll save you a seat." I don't know about you, but if there are so many people that walk into churches all the time and they never get greeted, nobody ever says a word to them, they fill out a place, but if they knew someone before they got there that wrote down their name, put their phone number on there, and that they could text, and they could say, hey, I'm on my way, save me a seat, then they don't have to walk in and wonder, where am I going to sit? But they've got somebody that they know that's asked them to come to church. I don't know about you, but if I was lost or if I didn't know Jesus and if I wasn't going to church, this is something that I would embrace because it's actually something that shows me love. Does that make sense? And so, yeah. I hope that you'll take those. I hope that you'll be intentional about sharing those with other people. But but here's a key component, and this is where I want to go today. Although everybody's been invited to ride with him, we've understand that, and we must accept his invitation. Listen, once we've accepted his invitation to ride with him, here's number three, and here's where we're going to go today. Number three is this. We must accept God's invitation to ride for him. I want you to hear that. We, we know and we, we ride with him and we've accepted his invitation. But once we've accepted his invitation, guess what? We have to accept his invitation to ride for him. I mean, so many people, I mean, again, I, I, I'll use this example. I get, to, I get to go to some great ranches. One of the great ranches I get to go to, I mentioned one last week, um, AD, who's uh, you know, a good friend and invites us out you know, to come out and take some pictures and work. But my buddy Marshall, who's here today, I'm going to talk about him. And he invited me out a few years ago. Actually, his wife did. She saw some of my pictures, invited me out. I got to go to the ranch. I got to take some pictures for the first year or so and um, got to sit in a corner and just take pictures. And that was fun. And I you know, got some great pictures of some great cowboys but as the years have gone by marshall's uh, extended an invitation just to come and actually work and i get to actually take part in the work now um, and for me, guess what? To be able to ride with a great crew, to be able to, you know, pin some, you know, or ride and drive cows, you know, in, into the pins and work those cows and work the calves and all of that stuff to actually get to work for the ranch. And I do get paid, by the way. Just like every other cowboy, it's not much, but it's awesome to be able to get paid, right? And all you cowboys know that it's not, you know, day wages aren't very good. But to actually work for a great ranch, it beats the invitation altogether. 
You say, well, what's the point, Bo? Well, here's the thing. It's the same with God. We are not only called to receive the invitation and actually enjoy Christ's forgiveness in our lives and to receive his mercy and to receive his salvation, we must accept his invitation to not only know him personally, but to actually ride for him. Are you with me? I mean, seriously, I get to experience his forgiveness in my life daily. I get to experience his peace daily. I get to, you know, read the Bible daily. I get to enjoy praying to him daily. But I got to move beyond those things that I do in me and actually allow God to work through me. And I'm telling you, when you begin to allow God to work through you, all the stuff you feel inside, again, God just, I mean, he just grows it. I mean, it just expands because he's actually working through you, and you're working for him. And so you say, well, Bo, what's that look like? Well, I want to give you an example of this in Scripture. Um, Paul, the great church starter, um, he, he was a preacher in the New Testament, wrote most of the New Testament, and he describes what it looks like to ride for Christ. And I want you to look at it with me. It's great Scripture. Second Corinthians 6 says this. It says, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, but we've been put into prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights and gone without food. We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. Listen to this. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and in the left for defense. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or whether they praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. I don't know if this is getting to you, but it's getting to me. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we are always have joy. We are poor, but we, we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, but yet we have everything. We have everything. You, so you say, Bo, what does it look like for us to actually ride for Christ? Well, in the next few weeks, we're going to break this scripture down. And we're going to look at what it means to ride for Christ. But the first thing that I want to look at today, and I'm going to be done, is this. The first thing is this. Riding for Christ means we set a good example. You say, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to ride for Christ. Well, it means you set a good example. Look at this scripture in verse 3 again. It says, and you say the words that are underlined. We what? We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. Now, I want to share with you uh, something that I struggle with, okay? Um, they're, they're, I don't know if you're like me at all, but, um, animals bring the worst out in me. Anybody with me? Anybody with me? Can I get an amen on that or something? Animals bring the worst out of me and my kids are sitting here today. You guys keep your mouth shut. Okay. 
But it, I'll tell you an experience that I had this week. Um, we have goats, okay? We show goats. Um, and this week, one of the goats was, you know, it's young. It's not been worked with very well. And um, it wanted to be an idiot, right? Just kind of like some goats are. And um, so this goat wouldn't lead and this goat wouldn't, you know, follow us. And it would want to, it wanted to flip. I mean, it wanted to jump up and down. It wanted to hit you in the face and all that stuff. And I'm telling you, I, here, I, I'm just being honest. I struggle when animals are idiots. I lose my religion pretty quick. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And, and so this, you know, this goat's going psycho and all of a sudden I just, I go psycho on it. And I'm on top of it wanting to choke this goat out. And, but here's the thing. Guess who's watching? My 10-year-old, my 8-year-old, and my 6-year-old, Right? I mean, they're watching me and they're thinking, dad is a psycho. I mean, and they start, you know, creeping by me, trying not to get hit by a goat. You know what I'm saying? And so they're trying to get into the house and tell mom that Bo's going psycho on a goat. And, and, and so here's the thing. I, you know, they're watching me do this. And, and, and the sad thing is I always tell them to be gentle. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, and, and, and I caught myself saying this, and this is, this is something you probably never said, but I said it. I said, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> and I told my kids that, and that's so stupid, right? I mean, that's so stupid, because guess what? Here's, here's what I've learned. They're, they're going to do what I do. Why? Because I've set the example for them, Right? And, 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 and though I've set that example for them and I failed in that, guess what I did? I apologized to my kids. And I told them I was sorry. And I, I told them that daddy didn't act in the right way toward that goat. And I apologized to my kids, but I didn't apologize to the goat. <laughs> but here's the thing. The same is true with God. The same is true with, as Christ followers, listen, one of the greatest obstacles that people have that don't know Jesus that are outside of the church, one of the greatest obstacles that they have is that a lot of times we set a bad example. Now I'm going to pick on you. I picked on myself. I'm going to pick on you a little while. Here's the thing. We say one thing, but we do another, right? We say, don't lie. You know, lying is wrong, but we still lie sometimes. We say, don't gossip. Gossip is bad, but we still talk behind other people's back. We say, God loves everybody, but, but we don't offer or show that love to everybody, right? I mean, we say, God, you know, I want your forgiveness, but we don't offer forgiveness to those that maybe have wronged us. And so the, the truth is this. I want you to get this straight, though. If you are outside the church, you, you just came to church for the first time today, and you're thinking everybody in the church is perfect, guess what? We're not. If you, if you think that everybody that goes to church, every Christian that you know, loves Jesus is perfect, you're going to be highly disappointed because none of us are perfect. But here's the thing. Let's, let, let, me, let me just take a step back. You think, well, all those things you listed, yeah, those are things that cause people you know, to, to not accept Christ's invitation to know him. But can I tell you a greater obstacle that I've learned? Here's what I've learned. It's when we as Christ followers and Christians aren't able to admit that we're not perfect. I'm telling you, I talk to the world a lot. I have a lot of friends that don't go to church. And guess what they say? It's not that they want us to be perfect. It's that they want us to admit that we're not perfect. 
I mean, it's, we, we try to hide our faults. We try to, you know, say that we have it all together. And when all hell breaks loose, we're like, man, you know, just trust in God. He's going to help you. And we act like we got everything in control. But we don't. And so for me, sometimes the greatest obstacle that the world has in accepting Christ's invitation is because we won't admit that, that we have faults, that we don't have it figured out. And that's what the world hates. I mean, obviously, some of them, most of them know that we're not perfect. But when we act perfect, they go, hey, I don't want that invitation. No, I don't want any. I don't want anything to do with that. I mean, I even hesitated to share my struggle with the psycho goat. Right. And my anger getting the best of me on that goat. I hesitate to do that. But here's what I've learned. I can impress you with my strengths. But here's what else I've learned. I connect through my weaknesses. I mean, you guys, you know, I get up here and I say, hey, I love Jesus. I read my Bible every day. I'm a great preacher. You guys go, great, man. You're a good guy. But if I say, hey, I choked out a goat, you're like, dang right. <laughs> you're like, I mean, seriously, I connect with that. Word up, bro. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's where people connect. I mean, because the truth is none of us know everything. None of us get it right every time. And it's okay to admit that. People embrace people that know Christ when they know that they're not perfect. I'm just telling you, it works. And the Bible even says that we're not perfect. You say, no, I'm a good guy. You know, I got it all together. No, listen, the Bible says in Romans 3.10, that it says this. As the scripture says, no one is what? righteous not even one look at romans three twenty three. it says for everyone has sinned and we all fall short of god's glorious standard so let's just get it out on the table no one is perfect we are going to stumble and we are going to cause people to stumble but here's the cool thing we have a savior that was perfect and he's who we can look to for the perfection that we're supposed to live by. And guess what? The Bible says, it says to live in such a way. In verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 6, it says, we live in such a way. Listen, it doesn't say that we talk in such a way. Even though you need to talk in such a way. It doesn't say that we pray in such a way. Even though we need to pray in such a way. It doesn't say we go to church, you know, you know, so many times a year. No, what does it say? It says that we live. We live in such a way. And so listen to this. It's, it's, it's not necessarily about what we do or don't do. It's about who we are. It's about who we are. And guess what? If we're going to set a good example for the world around us, listen, he needs to be the Lord of every part of our lives not just when we go to church, not just when we have our quiet time and we pray, not all those things, and those things are awesome, and they're going to help you not stumble, but at the end of the day, guess what? It's about who we are. It's about how we live. I mean, look at 1 Thessalonians 4.1. It says this, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, we instruct you how to what? How to live in order to Please God, as in fact you are living. Now we ask you and urge you in the Lord Jesus to do this more and... Come on now. Oh, those aren't underlined. Sorry, I thought they were underlined. My bad. <laughs> Dang it. 
But you guys did good. I mean, a pleasing God. You didn't know it was in their line. You said that with me. But how, how to live, you know, and so we do it more and more. You know what Paul is saying right there? He's saying live your life to follow Christ. Live your life for Him. Live your life to please Him. And when you think you're doing good, live your life even more with a more desire to please Him. I mean, I think I'm doing good. I'm preaching a good sermon. I'm singing good songs, all those things. But at the end of the day, I need to stop choking out that goat. Right? I need to live more to please Him. Set a good example for my kids. And so you say, well, no, you know, but I... I, I don't know about this. I mean, you know, you maybe think, well, I'm out, man. I mean, I've, I've not set a good example for anybody in my life. I'm not, you know, I mean, every area of my life stinks, man. I mean, I've failed in every area of my life. God can't use me to ride for him. Can I just give you the truth? Yes, he can. He did it. He did it back in the day, even when he was on earth. I mean, check out, he, he invited tax collectors to be his disciples. You know what tax collectors did? They stole from people. I mean, they gathered up the money that the, the, the Caesar told them to gather up, and then they gathered up a little more because they were cheaters and they wanted to take advantage of the people. And Jesus used them. I mean, he, he asked people like fishermen to be his disciples. And we all know that fishermen are liars. <laughs> Just telling you. I mean, I caught a fish this big. I mean, and they put it up, you know, closer to the iPhone and it's like out here like this and it looks huge and it's really this big in the picture. You know what I'm saying? Because fishermen are liars. And God said, hey, Jesus, hey, I want you to ask fishermen to be your disciples. Who else did he ask? He asked prideful people like Peter. I don't know if you've ever studied the Bible, but Peter, he had a lot of pride. I mean, if someone said something against Jesus, he wanted to cut their head off. Right? I mean, he, yeah, I just scared a kid. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, kid, guess what? Peter cut an ear off of a guard in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was being taken to be crucified. And guess what Jesus did? Jesus picked up the ear and put it back on his head and healed him. See, but here's the point. God used Peter, even though he couldn't control his emotions, he would have choked out that goat. It, but even though he couldn't, even though he couldn't control his emotions, guess what? Jesus said, I'm going to use you. You said a bad example, it, it, I'm going to use you anyways. I mean, Paul himself was a murderer. He murdered Christians. He didn't murder bad guys. He murdered good guys. And Jesus said, hey, guess what? I'm going to use you to write most of the New Testament in the Bible. So you say, well, God can't use me. I've set a bad example in all areas of my life. Listen, he can do it. He can do it. I mean, listen to Paul's word in Romans 7. It says this, and is it underlined? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Romans 7, it says, I know that what? Nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I... I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't do what, I don't do, what? I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is 
wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. I'm going to stop right there. I, I praise God that, see, Paul isn't able, I mean, he's, he's not prideful. He doesn't go, I got it all together. I'm a perfect man. I mean, check me out, man. I, I, I wrote the New Testament. Come on now. He doesn't say that. No, he says, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me? And this is the cool part. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, so you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. You say, God can't use me. Really? He used Paul. Paul says, hey, I want to do what's right, but I don't do what's right. I want to, you know, I don't want to do what's wrong, but I do what's wrong. And God still used him. Men like Paul were greatly used, but it wasn't because they were perfect. It was because they were willing and they were real and they were authentic and they pursued God. Here's the cool thing about um, Paul. Although he, he did what he did wrong and he murdered people and all that stuff and he, and he obviously came to know Christ, he knew where to fall when he fell. He knew where to go when he fell and he got up right? I mean, check it out in verse 24, 25. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So here's the thing. You say, how do I set a good example? How do I not cause people to stumble? Well, first of all, you stop acting like you're perfect. And second of all, when you fail and you stumble, guess what? You set a good example by getting up and going back to Jesus and saying, I need your forgiveness. And you move forward with Christ. That doesn't cause people to stumble. I'm telling you, when I see people fail in life and they get up and they say, God, I need you to forgive me. Just like I ask my kids to forgive me. God, I need you to forgive me. I want to be used by you. I want to ride for you. I am not perfect. I know it, but I know that you are. And thank you for forgiving me. Use me again. Use my weaknesses. Yeah. And so here's what I want to close with. Here's the question. Have you accepted Christ's invitation not only to ride with him, but guess what? To ride for him. Have you accepted his invitation not only to experience him every day in your life by reading your Bible and living for him, you know, or just, you know, enjoying his presence and and coming to worship and all that stuff, but are you actually living for him and doing your life centered around him? I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, again, maybe you're, you're already a Christian. Maybe you already know Christ personally. The question that I have for you is this. Are you writing for Him? Or are you just enjoying writing with Him? With him? 
some of you, when you get the invite card in your hand and you, and you, you think, I'm never going to do that. Never going to invite anybody. Listen. It's your choice, really. It is. I mean, it's your choice. But, but I'm just telling you, you, you can ride with Christ. You can enjoy all the things that he offers. But until you begin to live your life out loud and you begin to share the good news that you know with other people, I'm telling you, you miss out. You miss out. And so for some of you today, maybe you need to make a commitment to the Lord to say, you know, Jesus, and maybe you just maybe maybe in your chair, you just pray this in your heart. Jesus, I know. I know you've saved me. I know that I know you. I know that I've lived my life with you for a long time. But now I want you to use me. Now I want to ride for you, not just with you. Now I want to live my life centered around you. In every area of my life, I want to set a good example, a godly example, so that others won't stumble because of me. Maybe you made that commitment just now to begin to ride for him. Listen, can, nobody's, nobody's going to be looking around, but can I just have you raise your hand? If you just made that commitment, would you just raise your hand so that I can pray with you and pray for you? Thank you. All across the barn, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody raise your hand? Thank you. All across the room, thank you. Listen, riding for Christ is the greatest experience that you'll ever have in life. It's the truth. And the payment, just like, you know, I get paid to... They work and, and get paid $100. I'm just telling you, listen, it beats any kind of reward that you could ever get on earth. You know why? Because somebody's going to get into heaven because you shared with them. And so I hope that you will be committed to writing for him. Some of you are here today and, and you say, Bo, I can't write for him because I don't ride with him. Listen. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, it says this, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you say, but what does that mean? What does that mean to, to confess him as my Lord? Well, it's that simple. I mean, as a nine-year-old kid, I, I accepted him into my heart and I confessed him as my Lord and Savior. I prayed a prayer and I said, I need you. I don't, I don't understand everything, but I need you in my life. And I made Jesus the Lord of my life. Listen, the Bible says that if you'll confess him as your Savior and Lord, that he will save you. And guess what? We give you an opportunity to do that at every church gathering that we have. And even right now, maybe you just need to pray this simple prayer in your chair right now. You can pray it to yourself in your heart. Pray it to the Lord. But maybe you just need to pray this prayer of salvation. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know that I'm not riding with you. But today, I confess you as my Lord. Today, I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Now help me to ride for you. 
Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time in your life. We rejoice in your decision. No one's looking around, but would, you, would anybody in the room say, you know what, Bo, I prayed that prayer for the very first time. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand and say, you know what, I prayed that prayer for the very first time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Listen, those of you that just raised your hand, we celebrate that decision that you've made today. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life. And you say, Bo, okay, I, I, I know I've confessed him. Now what do I do? What's the next step? Well, listen, that's where the church comes in. And that's where this church comes in. And we can help you ride this ride with Christ and be successful at it. And maybe even when you stumble, we can be here to help pick you up. And so in a second, Wes is going to come. He's going to share with you what the next step is in your relationship, your new relationship with Christ. Here's the thing. I'm going to lead us in a closing word of prayer. And we're going to be dismissed. But uh, there's going to be some great things happening today after church at the Saddle House. We're going to baptize some people. If you want to come celebrate with us, do that. And then after that, we're going to pick up some limbs. And so if you want to help us with that, we would love for you to help us with that as well. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be the pastor of this church. I thank you for the opportunity to invite people to know you personally. And Lord, I praise you that today, many Christians in this barn today have surrendered not only to ride with you, but to ride for you. And Lord, I pray that you would strengthen them. Give them the right friends so that they can ride for you. Give them the, the right wisdom so that they can ride for you. Or ride for you. And, and just bless them, Lord. Protect them. When they do stumble, help them to get back up and ride back to you. And Lord, for those that have accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior today, and they've given their lives to you today, I praise God for that. That's the reason why we exist as a church, is to see those far from God come to know Jesus in a personal way. And so we praise you and we celebrate that together. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.